Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with a contemporary jewelry artist, Satomi Kawai, and artist, curator, and educator, Vero Rose Smith, about womanhood an upcoming virtual exhibition exploring the complex experiences of femininity. Welcome, Satomi and Vero. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, Satomi, this is a documentary project in which you interviewed 10 women about their lives and their perceptions of femininity. Right. And, and the stories were then paired with artwork created by a variety of different artists. How did you conceive of this project? My initial motivation was to think about my identity as a Japanese woman who moved to America. And uh, initially, uh, it was only my personal thing. But later, I have been um, interested in more about other women, how they feel about being a woman and how they act. And so I started thinking about uh, doing interview with other women. Mm-hmm. When did you arrive here from Japan? When? Uh, it was in 1999. And yes, it's 22 years ago already. Mm-hmm. And when you arrived, what were some of the things that initially surprised you about the ways in which women in the U.S. live their lives in comparison with the culture that you came from? Oh, they are very talkative. And uh, as you know, uh, Japanese women are modest and obedient and very uh, quiet side, which really it was. I, I was like that. And I thought I, was, I wanted to be like uh, American woman. Not quite I can be, but I want to speak out uh, what I'm thinking. So that's why um, I thought... Uh, to become a visual artist, uh, even I don't speak English like Americans do, uh, I can express myself with my art. Mm-hmm. That's why I, uh, my art education started here. So how did you select the women that you interviewed then to hear their stories? Well, <laughs> that's very interesting. I'm an artist, but also I'm a fitness instructor. I'm a Zumba instructor. So I have an opportunity to see and meet many different types of people on campus at the University of Iowa. I'm teaching there. Mm -hmm. So you're based in Iowa City. So these were women that you met there. And did they, were some of them uh, women who had arrived here at the United States from other countries as well? Or were they born here? Uh, Yes. Uh, I interviewed 10 people. And half of them are international people. Hmm. And then, and then you somehow, after you recorded these, you collected a, a group of artists who collaborated with you on this project. And Vero, Vero, you're one of them. How did you and the other artists become involved? And what has the process been like for you with this documentary project? Uh, Satomi and I started talking about this project. Probably three years ago, right, Satomi, in 2018? 
Yeah, I think so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we've been working on this for a while and uh, we were part of the same feminist art collective called Blue Stockings Feminist Art Collective. And that's how we met. And then I started taking some Zumba classes with Satomi too. And Satomi came to me with this idea and said she was looking for other artists that would respond to the interviews. And I was really excited to be a part of it and thrilled to be asked. So we've been talking about this for a while. Uh, I have not been very involved personally in the interview process, but I've been watching the interviews if they have been edited. And the work that I've made for this show is in direct response to the stories that were shared in these interviews. Are there other artists involved in the collective that you'd like to give a shout out to? Absolutely. Yeah. So Danny Sigler, who is a ceramicist and 2D visual artist, has produced a lot of work for this show. Uh, her work includes some vessels that have well-known feminist figures from popular culture, as well as interestingly symbolic drawings. And then Alison Hetty, who produced a number of wonderful digital portraits that she created in real time. She sat in on all of the interviews and drew the interviewees as they were speaking with Satomi. And so it's a well-rounded show. And then Satomi's work, of course, that you've already talked about. What are you hoping people take away from this project? I think that the stories of women are still undertold. And while women have many universal shared experiences, each of our individual experiences are worthy of telling as well. So this is a way of building international community around the varied experiences and ways of being a woman and expressing femininity. And I think that the more we can tell these stories, the more equal and just a world we can create. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are talking about we want to be uh, useful uh, as an artist in this community. And uh, um, right now, uh, women uh, in America are much uh, better than in Asian countries. I'll talk about that later, probably. But so, um, um, uh, I started my personal femininity for uh, making art in form of jewelry pieces. But like more uh, time goes, I uh, more I'm interested in other people. How uh, international pe uh, women who moved to America uh, had have a different viewpoint to be a woman. Of the 10 women you interviewed, is there one particular interview or story that you can summarize briefly for us that, mm -hmm. that might have expanded your idea of the feminine lived experience? Okay. So uh, out of 10 uh, women, I had five Asian uh, women. And one of them talked about how she feared when she uh, visited her mother country, she feared like uh, she is suff suffocating because of the social expect, um, society expectation as a uh, woman and uh, with age. But um, when she comes back to the United States, she feels uh, more about uh, Japanese culture, yeah, Asian culture. Did and did you find a similar thing that I know you you somewhat view yourself still, even though you've been here for twenty two years as a 
transplanted person, do you continue also to question your life and identity as a woman? Are you still trying to find your your place? Well, I feel like now I feel like uh, my body is my uh, home. My home is my body. So it means wherever I am, uh, what I am. So my notion about myself has been changing uh, with age and with uh, time and to being an uh, artist, I think. Mm-hmm. Vera, you mentioned that you met through the Blue Stockings Feminist Art Collective. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So the Feminist Art Collective was based in Iowa City, Iowa, and has since expanded to Cedar Rapids and more of Eastern Iowa. And in the time that I was part of it, I now live in Chicago, sadly, so I have left the group geographically, but still try to keep up with what they do. But in the time that I was involved, we did things like a postcard day where we wrote valentines, made artistic valentines to different elected officials around the state of Iowa to talk about women's rights issues within the state of Iowa. Uh, We also staged a couple of collaborative shows, some of which traveled. We staged a few performances. So the whole purpose of the collective is to help women artists have a greater voice in the art world in the Midwest and to create new opportunities to show work and grow each individual artist's practice. Yeah, especially, I think, especially... Uh, she is a mother and artist. It's very difficult to mm-hmm. practice uh, their own uh, art practice. So, um, so each other we can help to make uh, opportunity and time. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yes, we can all learn from one another, can't we? And uh, Vera, what are some lessons that you have learned from Satomi? Uh, the lesson that I keep learning is just trying to keep my energy up. Satomi, you have incredible energy <laughs> and I admire you so much for that. And um, you are always so positive and ready to take on any new artistic challenge or challenge of a day with full force. And so that's something. And I also think you, you're you very dedicated to your practice and you have created Uh, a wonderful studio life and social life around your practice that I aspire to. So those are things I'm still learning from you. Wow, that's such a compliment. Thank you so much, Vero. (laughs) (laughs) And so tell me, what would you say about Vero? Yeah, and she's a smart person and Mm -hmm. always inspiring. She also uh, challenges many things and uh, very socialized and which I'm very much learning from her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so tell me, there's so much more to your personal story. While this is a documentary project, you're um, probably best known as a jewelry artist and, and are quite renowned. You obtained your MFA in jewelry and metal arts from the University of Iowa. Can you describe the pieces that you're creating now? What, what materials do you work with and what, themes are you um, trying to explore? Okay, I am a very much uh, material person. I love materials. And I try to use material from Japan because it's uh, uh, speaking out as a, a Japanese woman. 
And uh, my inspiration source uh, is uh, uh, initially my grandmother. She was my foster mother. And she was very good at sewing and that kind of thing. And I want to give her credit for that. So I'm using thread, uh, silicone cocoon uh, from Japan and other uh, material and combine them together with uh, uh, metal pieces, mm-hmm. such as silver and copper and sometimes uh, soft steel. Mm-hmm. One thing I read on your website, and mm-hmm. it did explain, I think, my my response when I looked at them, because visually they're so interesting, that your compositions do tend to be asymmetrical. And there was a, right. there was a mention that that some of your forms are derived from Japanese aesthetics and Japanese mm-hmm. flower arrangements. Right, right. Yeah, I practiced Japanese uh, flower arrangement uh, when I was 20s and also tea ceremonies. And uh, yeah, uh, I think my art derived from Japanese culture. It's very simple, minimalistic, and I see things with uh, uh, not not colors, but uh, light and uh, shadows. Mm-hmm. I like this too that you um, had also mentioned. Uh, you you create adornment, body right. adornment, and I I really like that term. Yeah, uh, you uh, asked me about uh, a art uh, project. So I want to mention uh, one series. Uh, which is shown in this, uh, uh, show, uh, online show for women food. It is, uh, blackening teeth. It is, uh, blackening teeth. Right. Teeth. Uh-huh. Yes. And it's, uh, ohaguro in Japanese, but literally meaning blackening teeth. And, uh, yeah, what, that is one of the old Japanese customs for women. Why, and why would why would women in Japan blacken their teeth? Because here, of course, we're doing the opposite. We're whitening them. <laughs> yeah. Now Japanese also like the whitening teeth, but at that time, uh, I think uh, more, more than four hundred years ago, uh, when they get married, women get married, they need to change her teeth in black because I. I don't know exactly why, uh, because of the different uh, beauty aesthetics value, or they don't. Uh, men try not to uh, attract. Uh, women shouldn't be attract other uh, men uh, after they get married, or something. That's that's extraordinary. So back three or four hundred years ago, once you got married, you blacken your teeth so that you right. didn't you weren't attractive to other men. Yeah, yeah, I wow. think so. And also, if you have a black black teeth, you want to show your smile? No, I don't think so. So that's why we. I think when I was a little, I tend to um, hide. Uh, like uh, don't open mouth big uh, big uh, and uh, speak out. No, we didn't do that because mm-hmm. we want to be very shy, uh, uh, silent side. 
and uh, modest and uh, so that kind of behavior it came from uh, all the customs I think mm. and on your website which is satomikowai.com you can see uh, images of that that jewelry collection which is amazing they do look like individual black teeth if if I had not read the title, I wouldn't have guessed what they were. And they're <laughs> mainly necklaces, I think. But, you know, some of the other titles are really interesting and, and really tie in with uh, um, with this documentary project you've done where you've interviewed these 10 women because, like, one jewelry collection was entitled uh, The Discovery of a Transplanted Self-Identity. Uh-huh. And another one, just for example, was Femininity Transformation into Western Culture. So, you know, this project that we've been talking about where you've interviewed these women, it it does kind of circle back and connect right. with your jewelry where you're really thinking very hard about, um, you know, your role as a, as a woman in, in two very different societies. Yeah, I, yeah, I think uh, it's easier for me to link everything together to identify who I am. And I want to be part of this community as an artist. So interviewing thing is uh, also like uh, I want, I I can feel like I'm one of them in this Mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. And then there's also, you know, this kind of really interesting connection with dance and movement that kind of also is, is, is a, is a common theme. You'd mentioned that you're a Zumba instructor in Iowa <laughs> City, and uh, yeah. and I saw that you did a kind of a piece of performance art utilizing movement in your body that went along with the Blue Stocking organization that we mentioned earlier. So, um, how do you see movement, and how do you see dance as uh, as helping you to explore femininity and? And again, your, your your more full experiences as being a woman. Okay, so fem- femininity includes masculinity, uh, co- masculine quality. You know, like uh, if you are um, physically strength, you can be very healthy, and it's related to um, emotions, psychology, uh, quality in your side. And everything is in, uh, like circle back. And physical, uh, thing is very important for your health. Especially when I teach Zumba, many women participate and enjoy to move together. So also this is, uh, uh, related to community sense. And you've created, it sounds like quite an inclusive environment through your dance. Project. I know, um, Vero, that's how you met each other, but, um, but you've really pulled together quite a variety of different, um, different women, different ages, different backgrounds, which, which I really love. Well, thank you. And I, I think IOC is a college town, very liberal college town. That's why it's easy to find a very interesting, uh, people like a Vero and other, um, international people and American people, very academic, and they are uh, open-minded, and they talk about themselves and share their experience. That kind of thing is very 
uh, help each other to mm-hmm. understand each other. Mm-hmm. Well, Vero, you have a connection here to the Quad Cities. I, I understand you were did your undergraduate work at Augustana, um, but then went on to to um, obtain several master's degrees, one mm-hmm. one at Harvard mm-hmm. uh, in design and a second master's at the University of Iowa in architectural mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. Can you just walk us briefly through your journey? Oh, sure. Yeah, I had a wonderful experience at Augustana. It was a great college for me. I was able to complete three different majors in four years. So that was such a joy for someone that is constantly curious like I am. And I was able to study environmental studies art history, and studio art. And I was also able to produce original research as an undergraduate that combined these different fields. And so, for example, my thesis work for environmental studies and art history at Augustana was a combined project where I did a history of the Riverside Cemetery, which was designed by William LeBaron Jenny, which is down there in uh, Moline, and was able to produce a short film about it, and then also did a painting capstone project. So it was really fulfilling intellectually for me and uh, what a wonderful environment and place to grow as a young person and a young scholar. Mm. And so from Augustana, I was really interested in the intersection between environment and culture, which is something Satomi and I share. I am really interested in how our landscapes in particular affect the types of art we produce, the types of buildings we produce, And I went on to the University of Iowa to research the history of big box stores like Walmarts and Targets and how we allowed this architectural form to become so pervasive across the United States. And doing that architectural history work made me miss making things. So I ended up at design school after that at Harvard to get back into practice with my hands and with thinking about ways to reconfigure, especially retail environments but all environments that people create together and share to be more environmentally sustainable and more culturally fulfilling. Mm-hmm. It makes a big difference, doesn't it? I, I certainly feel, um, I feel really uh, just physically and emotionally, mentally different when I'm in a uninspiring place, like mm-hmm. you said, at a big box store. And simply the, like you said, the, either the landscape or the specific place you were in can can affect your can affect your mood and your thoughts. So mm-hmm. that's really amazing. And and you continue to be so busy. You're, I know you're <laughs> teaching. Um, you're obviously still painting. And you worked on on one of the paintings for this project too. Yes, I'm I'm doing a series of of ten small works that are sculpted canvas with embroidery. Will all of those be paired with one of the interviews then, or how does that work? It's one per interview. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. from each interview, I focused on a word that the interviewee said during the interview and then created um, one large combined piece that had all of the words together, cut that up and then embroidered the one word per one piece. So um, for example, the interview that Satomi talked about suffocating was a word that I chose to describe one of these interviews. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't wait to see the project and to see the links between the between the interviews, which I understand are, are video interviews, and then the work that all the various artists have created to tie in together. It mm-hmm. it really sounds like a fascinating project. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Satomi Kawai and Vera Rose Smith, thank you so much for talking today and for creating this project. Thank you very much. Thank you, Carolyn. Womanhood. 
A virtual exhibition exploring the myriad experiences of femininity will be available for viewing through June 30th. You can also join in on the virtual reception and meet the artists and the women who shared their stories this Saturday, June 5th at 7.30 p.m. Additional information is on the womanhood, that's woman, colon, hood, H-O-O-D, Facebook event page, or at Satomi Kawai, S-A-T-O-M-I-K-A-W-A-I dot com. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal.